0: Welcome to Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Valerie, her guests, and callers. Now here's your host, Valerie Kirkgaard. This is for you. This is for you and me. And who we see when we see each other. This is for all, this is for all the time you tried to find your sister or your brother. And you're not crazy anymore, you've been waiting at the door,
1: and it's time to
0: your red rider it is time to open good morning America you american state nationals you you're listening to waking up in America we're a dynamic radio dialogue conversation brought to you by key media happily 200 and that's the number 200.hghbreakthrough.com once again happily200.hghbreakthrough.com you guys when you go over there and check out how to reverse your age make sure you sign up because uh, just for the information, it'll be one of the best free educational information courses you ever got. So, right. I'll sign up, and uh, Paul, just mute your phone if you need to clear your throat. Um, go to b r a g g dot com, happily two hundred dot com, theconingcompany dot com, Sir Jason Winter T, Doctor dot com, and the Body Can, and Jason on hair. Uh, Bobster Costa of the Home Shopping Network says we're doing radio that's changing the world. <laughs> and you know what? I, I, I absolutely, after 31 years, I can guarantee that that's true. So, you know, you want to be a legal beagle? You can take classes from groups to start questioning the laws. They may, they may be legal codes, but are they moral codes? And if you think a code isn't moral, go after it. You know, if you go far enough back, you'll probably find out that it was um, it was changed to benefit some aspect of society that would like to take advantage of us. I can't help but get riled by 1913 and what those bankers did on Jekyll Island, and we've referred to it many times over the years. But what they did on Jekyll Island was they created the Federal Reserve System, and the Federal Reserve System isn't a U.S. agency. It is not anything other than a group of, um, criminal bankers that got together and decided that they could print money on toilet paper, um, spend the, uh, U S treasury and, uh, keep us in debt so that we would be spend our entire lives paying off the trillions of dollars worth of debt that have been created. Well, the federal reserve, uh, charter ran out in 2012. So I don't even know why they're still around or why we're still talking to them. um, Hopefully they'll be part of the swamp being drained. But lots of exciting stuff is happening in America as we speak. And the, even, you know, the dogs are even barking about on the hillside talking to each other. The coyotes are talking about it. The angels are humming. The ETs are, are singing. All kinds of interesting stuff is happening here. So when Jesus spoke in Aramaic, which is what the Lord's Prayer was actually written in, to pray actually means to go out into the world and get that which is yours. So go out and get that which is yours. You got plenty of stuff out there that has been um, told to you that's not the truth. The stuff that doesn't feel right, start checking it out, getting together with groups. So that's our possibility here. So always celebrate a prayer for the uh, Republic, for the the men and women and the children who represent and serve our great nation and our animal friends as well as for each other. And our program is dedicated to happily200.com, the possibility of living to be 200 years old, and happily200.thrivehgh.com. So there you go. The Ten Commandments work, you guys. And if we use them, they'll, they'll work. So if you have any questions, <laughs> Randy, tell them how you. I'm here. You.
2: Yeah, they can send an email to Randy Shannon at gmail.com, dot com, R A N D I S H A N N O N, Randyshannon at Gmail dot com, or they can send out a tweet. I'm always following the tweets. Twitter dot com forward slash Randy Shannon. I just wanna throw in, you mentioned the creature from Jekyll Island. Some people won't know what that is. They can look it up on uh the, the computer, their search engine. It's by G. Edward Griffin and it's a book. It's pretty informative. I, I think you would agree. And it talks about where money comes from, where it goes, who makes it, um, and then you know it—it it really gives you a huge distrust of politicians, bankers, because you understand from that book, you know what basically the cause. Uh, in that book, it kind of describes the cause of wars, the boom and bust cycles that we go through, which we just went through something yesterday. Um, talks about inflation, depression, prosperity, all kinds of things. So. It is difficult a difficult read for some people, but once you get into the flow of it, it actually does go pretty quickly and that's a very popular book, so i'm glad you brought that up
0: yeah and it's been a, it's been around a long time, thank God. Ellen Brown comes on our show periodically and refers to some of this stuff has, please mute your phone uh, there's a lot of people here on planet Earth that are. Are, are questioning what it is that is, is going on in our culture. And if you're questioning, waking up in America here is the the perfect place to be because we're standing um, on the brink of, of a new world. Uh, somebody told me just this week, Randy, that the Aquarian Age has actually started this year. And uh, <laughs> I think... Part of our uh, part of what we have going on here this morning is we have uh, we have a man of the new age uh, who is also a legacy runner with us on Waking Up in America. And I know that you actually have to run off for a, a training this morning, uh, Mr. Legacy Runner. Uh, welcome to Waking Up in America. Welcome to the whole amazing conversation of of the endurance of the marathon runner. You were uh, a legacy runner in the marathon. LA Marathon last weekend. Would you let our listeners know uh, how many of you were there and what was up and how did that work for you?
1: Well, it it was a very, very successful marathon. We had probably about 25,000 entrants. The security was beyond belief impeccable, absolutely impeccable, both at the start line and the finish line. But The first marathon, first L.A. Marathon was organized in uh, 1986, uh, shortly after the very successful 1984 L.A. Olympic Games. And uh, I was on the staff of the 84 Olympic Games, and I was the youngest member, and I was embarrassed and shamed into running the first L.A. Marathon in 1986. Then I ran it again in 1987.
0: I know, what uh, were you embarrassed and ashamed about?
1: Oh well, you know that's just uh, you know hyperbole, okay. <laughs> uh, they uh, they just suggested that. Well, you know because um, I'm the uh, the youngest member of the staff that I should go ahead and run it, uh, and uh, I did. Uh, and now I have a string of. 33 L.A. marathons in a row, because the 33rd was just held last Sunday. That is what the Legacy Runners are all about. And how many are
0: there of you now?
1: Well, um, I'm not exactly sure how many we have left. We're going to get together and do a brunch on Sunday, and we're going to do a damage assessment to see how many people uh, are left. We had 144 people uh, before the L.A. Marathon. One of the remarkable aspects of keeping the string alive is luck. It's not just determination and training. It's luck. We lost two legacy runners uh, the day before the marathon to stupid accidents. One of them slipped in the shower. The other one slipped in a parking lot on the wet pavement because of the rain. So we lost two runners. Uh, So that brought it down to 142. And, of course, you cannot join the club. Remember It's forever closed. Uh, And once you miss one marathon, that's it. You've broken the string. You're still a legacy runner. Um, in name, you know, and in, in philosophy. But, um, you know, the string is gone. So my guess is that uh, it's going to be something in the 130s, 135, 136. I know that we lost a couple of people on the course. the uh, The problem is that we sort of know each other because of the email. We have a very large email group but we don't necessarily know each other by face because some of the LA Marathon legacy runners are from out of state, obviously. Uh in past years we had a few from Europe. We have one or two from Canada, we have a few from South America. We had a uh, lovely couple from Japan, but over the years, you know, they've fallen off. So I actually um, met, during the marathon, some Legacy Runners that I didn't know. Um, oh,
0: interesting. You so know, Paul, a, one of the things that I'm wondering is, is, what is what would you say are the characteristics that allow people to endure over time in these marathons? I mean, one marathon, Randy. I remember when you said you ran one marathon. That was because it was on your bucket list. Yes. But you didn't plan on putting it back on your list again.
2: Never. <laughs> exactly.
0: What is it? What is the characteristic? Uh, do you think, or characteristics, Paul, that have people w- w- being legacy runners, wanting to run every year, and and how does that work? How does that work for you so far?
1: Well, you know, once you're on this kind of a string it's very, very difficult psychologically and emotionally to break the string because you're suddenly part of a very large family. So there's a lot of mutual encouragement taking place. But um, generally I would say that uh, the the runners are, are pretty disciplined and uh, the, the legacy runners get together well, roughly every six weeks and, do light training runs in various locations. Um, I think uniformly um, all the legacy runners take uh, various forms of nutritional supplements. uh, Of HGH, of course, Uh, HGH stimulants are part of that. I don't know which ones they take. We've never never done a survey, but uh, I don't think there's a single legacy runner who's not at least casually obsessed with uh, their nutrition. So nutrition is uh, an integral part of uh, being a legacy runner, and maintaining the spirit of the legacy runners is uh, is very important because we know from Guinness Book of World Records, and they have not yet come to uh, give us the uh, the due that we deserve. Uh, there is no group, no athletic group, that has managed to hang together for such a long unbroken string. Um, Boston Marathon had about eight people who had done about twenty-seven consecutive marathons, but then, for you know a number of reasons, the group uh, disbanded. So uh, it's uh, it's remarkable, but. It's a phenomenon you're saying, I, I, oh, absolutely, I, it's it's a, it's a phenomenon, and one fascinating aspect is that uh, we don't lose that many ladies. We've only lost, I think, in the last ten years, uh, three or four of the women, um, but we lose the men, and it's proving what what nature and you know the medical statistics show, and that is that uh, um, men are outlived by the ladies. They're just tougher and uh, longer lasting than we are. And on the average, we lose about three or four men every year. Oh wow! So, uh, that's that's a fascinating statistic. Mm-hmm. So I, I I can see myself in a few years being. You know, one of the only few guys out there with the ladies. <laughs> but,
0: uh, <laughs> that's uh, really that's really cute. You know, it's interesting because I wanted you very much talking about this actually um, last week. I also I've named this program. Not you could say I could have named it the LA Marathon, but I'm actually I named it Thank You Stephen Hawking, and because. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware or not, Paul, but Stephen Hawking passed away, uh, I believe, on the 15th of this month, and some some claim it's part of an extra...
1: I'm painfully aware of his passing. Uh, I have his books. In fact, um, about three weeks ago, I was reviewing his A Short History of Time. Um, My background, uh, among other things, is nuclear physics from Case Institute of Technology. So very early on, in my career i became a us citizen thanks to the work that i was doing on the us navy nuclear submarines but i was not a citizen at the time and um, i was working for a consulting firm and one day uh, i made modifications to a big computer program that i was using to do the analysis of the nuclear reactors i was called in to the office of the president of the company and there were two gentlemen present and they said, well, Paul, this is it. You can't go any farther. And I was told that um, I needed to get a secret clearance but I was there on a student visa and uh, they arranged for me to get a US citizenship in six months uh, with no strings attached. But during that period, uh, I got my secret clearance, so uh, it's remotely thanks to uh, nuclear physics that uh, I ended up becoming a U.S. citizen. But I ran into the work of Stephen Hawking. I would say about uh, about thirty years ago, partly associated with uh, particle physics, small particle physics, um, but. It's a very, very sad loss. Uh, He's definitely, definitely one of my heroes, uh, along with uh, a friend of mine by the name of uh, Sir Francis Crick. I don't know if that rings any bells, but...
2: No, tell us about him.
1: He was the co-discoverer of DNA. Watson and Crick discovered DNA, and... uh, Unbeknownst to me, I never put the two together. His son was a colleague of mine in the computer industry, and one day we had dinner with Sir Francis because he was running Salk Institute. And we became friends, and Sir Francis passed away on my birthday in uh, December 2005. That's when we lost Sir Francis. But uh, obviously... Uh, arguably one of the greatest minds of uh, the 20th century. Without DNA, we wouldn't be what we are today. And of course, DNA research was pivotal in the confirmation that uh, HGH uh, is uh, an integral element you know in uh, human performance, uh, human longevity, and just general health. I'm going to ask on Sunday uh, at the brunch just what the various nutritional supplements are that are being taken uh, by mm. the Legacy Runner Group. I'm That'd really, really. I'm curious. It'll be interesting to know.
0: Okay. And, no, I think so too. No, it sounds like uh, a, a good conversation here. Stephen Hawking uh, has always inspired me. <laughs> Uh, Ever since I came across him, he inspired me simply because in the beginning, before I even was familiar with his work, I was familiar with his physical condition. And he got Lou Gehrig's disease when he was 21, which would normally take you out of the picture within a year or two. And whether he died uh, at the hands of another or naturally, it's an extraordinary life that he has lived. He died, I believe he's either 75 or 76 years old. Uh, when he passed um, for whatever cause and I say thank you because actually I'm going to say that one of the reasons or uh, I attach to things that help me get through life and sometimes it's, it's not getting through life, sometimes I'm celebrating life, other times I'm getting through it and Randy and I were talking a little bit in the green room before we became on air because this is a week that things have needed to be done. It's not, you know tap dancing and going square dancing, it's like this has to be done, that has to be done, because we have to get to the next place. So it's a different kind of energy. Stephen Hawking put out some ideas that transformed my entire view of the world. And one of the ideas that he put out was about black holes. And one of the things that he said about black holes, if I mention black hole to you, Randy, uh, mm-hmm. and you think about the idea of a black hole, what do you come up with?
2: Uh, I just think of this, you know, infinity and beyond.
0: <laughs> okay, well, some people space. think about being sucked into hell or something like that. Oh, I
2: don't think so They yeah, think a think black that, hole but... is a
0: place that you fall into and you may never <laughs> <laughs> you may never find your way out of it again. It's a, You know, you say, oh, I'm in a black hole, man, you know. It's or you'll find a yourself.
1: In another universe at the end of the black hole, or in another galaxy. That's Mm -hmm. certainly one of the theories. Black holes
0: are formed. Paul, it's my time right now, and I'm talking about a concept, okay? What Hawking said was that if the black hole, when it gets heavy enough, it will explode and it will turn into light. Okay, that's very important. So people are afraid of the dark, they're afraid of the blackness, they're afraid of what President Trump is leading us through, and we're actually being led out of the black hole right now, okay? But here's another thing that's really critical for all of our listeners, and we've got over 600,000 of you out there. The listener is this, is that what Hawking also said is, is that if you have a positive thought, it will not get down in the black hole. It will just spin off the top. So you don't have to be, quote, sucked into the vortex. Okay, there's all kinds of concepts that we live in about our potentiality and our life and death. You keep your thoughts positive. You will not be sucked into the black hole. You keep your thoughts positive, and you will actually have the same kind of talents as the white Illuminati. You hear about the black side, and you hear about the cabal, and you hear about it all the time, okay? What you don't hear about is the white Illuminati, the Illuminati that are actually practicing power principles, okay? Power principles. And that's what Hawking gave us the access to, and those two brief concepts there gave us access to power and to um, transformation into light. And if you want to comment on that, Paul,
1: go for that, please. Well, the comment is simply that uh, you have to separate the physical uh, from the metaphoric, uh, the physics of the black hole is not the same as the metaphoric black hole, which I call the psycho-emotional black hole. But the metaphor is there. Uh, if, uh, uh, basically, you're talking about positive and negative energy, whether that energy is emotional or whether it's uh, driven by particles ultimately is of no consequence. The point is that you brought up the issue that you shouldn't allow yourself to be sucked into the black hole. In this case, the black hole is one of negative energy, negative thoughts, negative emotions, negativity, and it's very, very important to steer clear even from the rim of the black hole. And certainly you one rim of the ways...
0: One of the ways to real. do
1: that is to be positive. Always maintain positive thoughts.
0: Yeah. And that is also how you create, folks. you remember a couple of weeks ago, Randy, when you said, I don't know how you do it, you pull rabbits out of the hat?
2: <laughs>
0: yes.
2: I, I pull rabbits out of the hat
0: all mm-hmm. the time, almost every day because of how I see the universe. Now, I did not wake up the day I was born on August 18, 1940, and go, oh, I get it, the universe! Okay, that's how it works. No, I ran into a lot of walls. I've I've tripped. I've fallen more than once. Uh, and, and Paul will tell you the same thing. Last year he tripped, and one of the marathon runners came and said, get up, Paul. And so he did. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what happens. We've got our friends that go, get up, Randy. Get up, Paul. Get up, Val. Come mm-hmm. on. Let's go. That's the power of not doing this whole thing by yourself. It is not, it's, it's required that you find friends and family. And they're out there. Or they're all over the place. When Paul was talking earlier, he was talking about how some people are coming from Canada and different places to run in the LA Marathon. That's family. He's got a family now from all of those places, they have a bond. I'm an Olympic torchbearer. You better believe we've got a bond. We are part of a 2,000-year-old flame. Um, <laughs> the torch Paul, dear heart, honey, sweetie pie. Your hand over your phone, please.
1: I <laughs> did. I did. I, I did. <laughs> you had a I'm still, I'm still recovering, you know. I'm still recovering from being bathed in positive energy for four days because I was in black holes for three days before the marathon.
0: Holy good. Do you have a mute button on your phone, big tall guy? (laughs) (laughs) Only when you
2: cough. Otherwise, you can keep it off.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God love us. Uh, you know, this, this is that We're human beings doing what human beings do, and we're here on this Saturday morning at 731, my time here in L.A. Uh, Randy, it's got to be three hours later, your place. Paul's in my yes. state. He's actually running around in a car right now doing his best to get to his next job. I got a meeting at 9 o'clock, and yet we're here, and we're here to celebrate the life of Stephen Hawking. We're here to celebrate your life. You're, if, if you're Bob or Susan or Tom or Ellen or whoever you are out there, we're here to celebrate your life. You're here this morning. This program is replayed all over the world. We have listeners in the Ukraine, two of them at least, uh, France, and Japan, you know, Sri Lanka. It's all over the place. It's really fun to be part of this global family. We don't get to see each other all that often but we do get to connect and you're free to download these programs from Voice America you're free to share them so um, w- what can I say we're having <laughs> we're we're people that endure everybody here is a person that endures Randy when I first met her um, I found out she was a triathlete Randy tell them what a triathlete does
2: well they do uh, all kinds of sports I, I don't know if I if I actually am a triathlete but You know, I'm very athletic. I'll give it that. I I love to bike; it's a passion of mine. And I have run a lot in the past. And you know, swimming in the ocean is like one of my most favorite things to do. So, isn't that three um, things?
0: Isn't that what qualifies for a try?
2: Yeah, I guess. I guess it would. It definitely would. And you know, when when Paul was talking about the marathon, I was thinking about this bike ride that I'm going to be in in July. And it's called Rag Bri, and they started like with a group of people like Paul. And they started in 1973. Now, some of those people are already passed away, but they literally rode across the state of Iowa in six days, uh, seven days from the actual start overnight town. And they just had to pick up water wherever they could find it because they didn't have all the ability to carry water. <laughs> and now from end to end of the state, vendors are all over the place. Farmers come out. And so just like his marathons evolved into something huge and amazing, uh, this bike ride that, you know, and I've only done it three times, and it's just logistics. I can't get there. And this year will be my fourth time in doing it. So I I far love that. It outweighs um, my love for running. I, You know, my hat's off to Paul because that, I, that one marathon that I ran, the Miami Marathon, was brutal. And, you know, <laughs> I met... I met a guy from Germany.
0: I remember. I remember
2: you. Yeah, I met a guy from Germany, and here I had all these nutrients to get me through it. And, you know, you sweat everything out in the first 90 minutes. And I said to him, you know, what is it you take? And he's like, he just had a bag of Snickers bars. So I'm curious what Paul's people, uh, you know, say that they do to get through it. Because this guy had a bag of Snickers bars, and he was on, like, his 11th or 13th marathon. So... It's interesting what people do and um the human body is I mean I don't know if it's actually meant for all of that. You talk to some naturopaths and they say absolutely not. And it was brutal on me. It didn't take long for recovery, but I don't it's not something that I want to do on a regular basis. But um you know, Paul it's amazing and I'm I'm just like proud of you for what you did and that you made it through it yet again. So, and I believe Thank you. The last guy with all the ladies.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I see it coming. I see it coming because the two that we lost were men. And I don't know quite what that means. Was it a coincidence that they were male? Um, but, you, you know, the uh, the male ego is very interesting, and part of the male ego is sort of a macho disregard for taking care of oneself under certain circumstances and i think that that plays a part uh, but the human body was made for running and you mentioned triathlons the the first triathlon ever and it is the Kona triathlon was put together by a bunch of guys who were drinking beer in the seventies in hawaii And they decided, well, we're going to show the rest of the world, you know, what wimps they are. And this is what we're going to do. And that really is how the first triathlon began. The original Ironman triathlon takes place on Kona every year. It starts with a 2.2-mile ocean swim. Then you jump on a bike and bicycle for 120 miles. Uh, on the overheated plains of Kona, and then you finish with a marathon. That's what the Ironman is all about. It, it's the most ruling race ever, other than something called the Western States 100, which is a 100-mile run. Uh, as as the, the, the title states, the Western States, it's a run okay. of 100 miles.
0: Have you heard of the 1,000-mile run?
1: Uh, no, I've never, I've never heard of that one.
0: Have a 1,000-mile run, and it, it, it takes place over the course of a month, after you start uh, getting interested. Uh, Mary Louise Zeller, who's uh, a, a great friend and a Kayani person, um, introduced me to Kayani. Fine products, by the way. I highly recommend Kayani. Uh, her husband, Ron Zeller, would run in that summertime race in, um, Death Valley. How do they was.
1: arrange to sleep? <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know how they do it. The Death Valley one was a hundred and, a hundred plus miles, and they burn up like a couple of pairs of shoes and stuff on it. Uh, look it up. There's a the thousand-mile races, and they do them in different different place on the planet. They don't all do it, and... You no, know, they have specific times that they run it and stuff. They don't just run for a month solid without stopping or sleeping. Uh, there's a the whole structure for it. But I just
1: That's asked, interesting asking, discovery. I've never heard of it.
0: Okay, um, we'll check it out. Because I'll just, I'll look please, it up. Please let me. Um, I just got an interesting email. Just came in just now. Okay, and mm-hmm. this email has to do with. With the global currency reset, uh, many of you may have noticed that the stock market plunged 700 points this week. It was supposed to. Uh, that was the, the mainstream media will not tell you that, but that was one of the markers for this um, global currency reset actually going through. The restored republic GCR update as of March 24th, um, as of March 24th, 20- Third, a timely passing of the spending bill was a significant move prior to March 26. What was actually contained in the spending bill will benefit us all. Everything officially uh, released was scripted, already done, or agreed upon behind the scenes. The petrodollar would be forgotten once oil starts trading in the gold-backed yuan on March 26. The end of the petrodollar was the end of the cabal cabal leverage in the global economy the trading of oil and gold backed currency will trigger the new financial system and the RV was said to begin before the new financial system was triggered uh... RV exchanges redemptions would be processed through the new financial system back screen rates via private appointment your exchange redemption funds would be backed in yuan or USN Uh, United States notes withdrawal of these funds would temporarily be in your local fiat currency until the new financial system was officially triggered and all rates are set Uh, stay seated and enjoy the show the change is coming Uh, I, I know that you're skeptical about this Paul Randy any comments from you
2: yeah I mean I'm skeptical too because you know just quite frankly from the results I've been hearing about it for years and I see nothing. So you know, that's just where I'm coming from. I never knew about it until a few years ago and you know, it's just, if it's, if I don't know, I'm just skeptical. I don't even want to really get into it further than that. Just, I'm very skeptical of it.
1: Uh-huh. So two, two indicators that support your skepticism yes. uh, are the price of gold and the price of silver. For the last three or four years, uh, the doom-day economists uh, keep telling everybody to buy gold and buy silver because it's tangible, it's not paper-printed, and of course it never loses value. And if you take a look at the price of gold and the price of silver over the last three years, it's moving in a band of one5 to 2% up and down there's no changes if you take a look at the price of gold and watch it the moment you see a ten or fifteen percent rise in the price of gold look out because it might be coming But uh, those are the only two indicators the global economy is so enormously strong uh... that uh, there's no crash on the horizon
0: already been a crash. It happened this week.
1: 700 points. Well, you have to separate the technicians who play the stock market, uh, the big exchange-traded funds, uh, the pension funds, from the emotionalism that grips so many of the investors. It's not really a crash. It's an emotional reaction to, number one, uh, what they consider the issues associated with uh, potential for for global war.
0: Let me finish.
1: This is important. Let me finish. (laughs) Global war with North Korea, the change from Rex Tillerson to Mike Pompeo, the head of the CIA. He's now the head of the State Department. The arrival of John Bolton to replace General McMaster. All of those scare people because... It's not behavior that they expect from a standard president. And we add to that the potential for a tariff war with China. Take a look at the stock market next week. It will recover. I'm done.
0: I know it will recover because this is exactly what I told you was going to happen about two weeks before it happened. Okay? That the stock market would crash and that that would then set off. The room for the yuan to be uh, the, uh, the yuan, the gold back yuan to be announced, and also the U.S. Uh, the U.S. currency to be announced as gold back for the first time since 1970. So we've been talking about this stock market crash that was supposed to come and be the signal, and it came exactly on score. Uh, on let's
1: Thursday. let's be honest and let's change the semantics of the dialogue. There's a vast difference between a crash caused by economic forces and a downtrend in the Dow caused by adjustments. This is not a crash.
0: It is a temporary
1: adjustment, okay?
0: It had to go down. It went down. This is happening. I am as positive this is happening as you are positive. It is not happening. And I'm putting it on air. I still bet you 50 bucks. And last time I did that, you didn't say a word.
1: Yeah. Well, the the beauty of that is that we have opposing opinions. Yeah, and I love it,
0: and I see the opportunity
1: of fifty. That's what makes the world go round.
0: <laughs> yeah, you <know>, the, yes. <laughs> the
1: the positive, and, the positive, and the negative. But I, you know, I feel I feel very comfortable. I haven't sold any of my stocks. I maintain my positions because I'm convinced, and I believe in the American economy, <laughs> and I believe in the dollar, and I believe in capitalism.
0: And I believe in... I, I love us. I just love where we're, where, where we're going to do, and what it is that we're doing, and I love that we can sit here and be totally on, on totally different positions, on things. and the only thing that's going to determine this is time will tell. You can hear me say this, and you can hear him say that, and you can hear Randy sitting back. Uh, I, I love the pictures <laughs> A mouse with the big ears.
2: Yes.
0: Oh, yes, that's so cute. She mm-hmm. sends me a picture, Paul, of of a mouse with the biggest ears, and she goes, "I'm listening." <laughs>
2: <laughs> listening to Trump. Listening to Trump's first speech. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So uh, take everything we say with a grain of salt. Perhaps even a touch of thyme or or, or coriander or anything of that nature, and have fun with it. The point is, um, we're we're all looking we're all looking, and we're looking for signs. You, Randy, you say you've heard about it for a long time. I got invested in this in 2000. Actually, I got invested in the um, the banks are up to something in 2006. I took some seminars. In 2008, part of what you were talking about, Paul, with the money going up and down and stuff, is uh, and it shows up in stock markets, it shows up all over the place, we're, we're designed on um, bump and rise. Uh, uh, what we do is we're bumping all the time, and bumping is a term that's used in the stock market, where you run something up and then you crash it so you can take your profits, and then you run it up again. That's why a lot of people are still struggling with the real estate market. You know, they got the middle of a bump and shove, um, and it certainly happens with, um, with with the precious metals. You know, Paul, I think I heard. Um, I'm going to say 10 years ago now that a billionaire, I'm not going to call him a friend because I I don't want to be his friend, uh, but a billionaire that I know, he was running around, and so were a lot of people at that time buying up silver because they said it would go to 120
1: an ounce. That was was the Koch brothers. The Koch brothers in Texas attempted to corner the silver market, and that happened 12 years ago.
0: And it wasn't just them. The billionaires were doing it, too. They were buying up all the silver on the planet. But it never hit 120.
1: Uh, well, the, it may have been all over the planet, but uh, in the United States, it was the Koch brothers.
0: Yeah, we was the only uh, that I was talking about, because he literally flew to different... I, I personally know this guy, and he personally flew to about 20 different places on the planet and picked up the silver. silver. Okay, very sharp guy, very sharp guy. Unfortunately, he was just motivated out of some places that I thought were dangerous. Uh, people that are billionaires, I did a series on billionaires, by the way, you guys. I don't know if you know that. Uh, I did a series on the difference between billion billionaires and millionaires. What do you think it might be, Paul? How does a billionaire think differently than a millionaire?
1: He has greater amounts of money to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: sure. I'm sure that's a point too.
1: <laughs> Difference um,
0: between well, look. billionaires and millionaires, and you could hear it when they were talking, Randy. Uh, mm-hmm. The millionaires all worked really hard for their money. The okay. billionaires actually got a good idea. <laughs> they got find, behind every billionaire, you'll find a good idea that manifested.
1: Well, a good idea and a vision and the ability to persevere, to make that vision from a dream into a reality, and, and that that's what, you know, drives all entrepreneurs. They focus on that vision, and they chase it, follow it, you know, come hell or high water.
0: Yeah, you know, that brings us right back to Stephen Hawking again, as we've been talking. You guys, I've been looking at a picture of him. With um, with a Russian billionaire Yuri Milner who actually um, funded a lot of his most recent work, and uh, there's a picture of him in April of 2016. Talk about persistence! By the time Stephen neared the end of his life, he I saw him on an interview. God, you guys, two three months ago? No, maybe longer Mm -hmm. than that. Maybe six months ago, and what he was was that he only had one muscle left. I don't know if you heard that or not. But he had one muscle left that he had control over, and it was in his cheek. And they asked him if he was ever afraid he would lose his cheek muscle, and he said no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Look,
1: he was a a hero. He was an absolute (laughs) hero. He (laughs) suffered for the last 50 years of his life, and... I uh, beat myself over the head for missing the film about his life that led to uh, an Oscar for the uh, the young British actor
0: Eddie Redmayne. Um, you can actually take yeah. care of that today, by the way. Go to your um, VCR and order the movie.
1: Well, of course, but you know I have to make time for it, and in about five minutes I'm going to be taking training for. Active shooter response. So,
0: <laughs> come back and give us the clues on how we can take care of active shooter response.
1: Uh, well, it's it's a uh, it's a government organization. It's a relatively low profile government organization that is nationwide. And uh, I was notified uh, of the training uh, two days ago, so I had to I had to scurry a bit, but um it's uh, it's active shooter response associated with uh you know any number of uh, facilities and i think uh, because of what happened in florida uh it's going to um emphasize the, the campus high school the school situation uh and that's probably going to be one of the uh one of the major issues but um, it's uh, it's coming up literally, my goodness, we're we're almost there. Uh, I'll be happy to give you a quick uh, summary of it on the on the next show.
2: That'd be great. That'd be really great. Interesting work that you're doing.
1: Um, it's uh, unfortunately a tragedy of uh, you know our socio-cultural scene these days that this kind of thing is necessary. And that we needed to have armored vehicles at the beginning and at the finish of the LA Marathon, uh, it, just to maintain security.
0: Yeah, I was thinking when you were talking, what a different world it was. And I, I went to a country school where we actually had, uh, for the for one year, we actually had all six grades in one room. Oh, and it's yeah a... of. Uh, it was just never an issue. I was never anything that one worried about. I walked home from school. It was three miles.
1: Never, um, never.
0: You know, it was never a concern of my parents. Um, I did have a pedophile meet me down by the river and decide to uh, with me uh, when I was about eight or nine. Uh, and that was, like, shocking that, that that person came into the world. But there was never the threat. The biggest no, my- no,
1: How it didn't exist. Yeah, we're <laughs> suffering from a colossal loss of innocence. Well
0: said. Well said.
1: And and it's and it's sad, and we're all suffering from it. And uh, the idea is to to be positive, uh, but vigilant. <laughs>
0: Weaver was a friend of mine, and he wrote a book called All the World's a Stage. And that's very helpful for me. If I look at this as though I'm on a planet, and I'm being trained, and I'm being evolved, and I'm being given situations, and I, I see my life when it's challenging as a test, uh, mm-hmm. I also see it um, when it's loving as a test of how much love can I give. You know, just different ways that I test myself. Um, I review my behavior for the day, usually, before I go to sleep at night. I try to put in corrections if I don't like the way I treated somebody. Um, I practiced a lot on the people that call up on the phone. I had five of them wanting to um, come over and help me remodel my house just yesterday. It really annoys the crud out of me, except that I will try very hard to talk to them as human beings that 's what i'm in a that's what i 'm working on the positive attitude when i 've had it. I just say, "Please take me off your list and hang up or punch nine a lot. The thing is you know how do you how do you manage the intrusions that were not invited into your life okay you actually have to come up with something that allows you to deflect that and to move on, and it could be as um, somebody knocking at your door trying to sell you something, or somebody they're knocking at their phones all the time trying to sell us something. What, what do we want to say and who do we want to be as human beings? So I get to practice with those guys every day. Look at who you can practice with, and sometimes you can actually find the humanity. I actually yesterday said, how about um, God, there's been five of you today, and the guy on the other end of the line started to laugh, and he said, maybe it's because of the rain. You know? <laughs>
1: Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, they didn't have anything better to do either, but what that's telling me is that how much people need employment. It's not just an irritation, so I'm praying for employment. I'm play- praying for us creating whatever we create. I do know that whether the global currency reset uh, shows up on schedule or doesn't show up on schedule. That My life has been getting better. I know that um, March the 21st was the day on the planet in which the light and the dark was equal, and I am now saying that I am being pulled by the future. So now there's going to be more light than there is dark on the planet, and I believe um, I've been told that 2018 was actually the beginning of the um, age of Aquarius. Uh, Formally began on 2018. I've been told that the um, the 2,000 year old reign of terror was ended in 2012, which is when the uh, Mayan calendar ended. There's all kinds of patience that you are creating something wonderful here. Okay, all, Randy, you said earlier you didn't see anything. I see tons of stuff. I I hear. I see you actually transforming from 42action.org into one of the funniest, most adorable doctors on the planet.
2: <laughs>
0: I watched well, that. You know, I wa- I watched.
2: Your heart is the most beautiful because thing about Because each of you. us
0: have gone through hell,
1: you know? We, we need some miracles. We need some miracles.
0: we creating because them. I'm having miracles every day, man. In fact, I'm getting spoiled. If I don't have... <laughs> One miracle a day, I know that I've, I've
1: been slouching. talking about a global miracle because what I see happening is an international tragedy on a global scale, and it's affecting the mindsets of everyone, and it's affecting our core humanity because of the evil that surrounds us. Uh, the amount of evil in the world... That has occurred since 9-11. If you can put a number and measure the evil, uh, it's amazing. But I'm afraid that I have to sign off because I've arrived. So thank you so much for having me on. uh,
0: Very good
2: information today, Paul.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot. And this program has been brought to you by Kirkrod Intergalactic Media, our radio partners, phoningcompany.com, Happily200.com, heavenincorporated.com, Anna Von Rice, Dr. James Murphy, John Denver, Dr. Joe Wallach, Sheriff Richard Mack, Tippy Hedron, Carol Channing, Deepak Schopper, Wolfgang Holbig, and William P. Dunn, Ed Asner, Dennis Weaver, Larry Hagman, and Esther Williams, Admiral Eugene Carroll, Jane Goodall, Jonathan Granoff, Dennis Kucinich, Chris Burghardt, Paul the Plumber, Terry Cole Whitaker, Sherry St. Vincent, Lonnie Hogan Miller, sherry sharifi brown Doctor stone david our descendant of king david randy Shannon.com, and that's randy with an i edward f groups of third chalene nightingale and dr valerie dot com and doctors all spelled out thanks to paul c bragg for leaving us your daughter patricia to continue your work a big thanks to the team at voice america jess finard our producer ryan treasure randy jackman our friends at cumulus radio mike vitale mary flynn and ron simon our research director Rockin ron hayes yeah. John Young, a totally gospel. A big thanks for all the airtime and friendship you've given us over the years. And a big thanks to Webmaster Joe for Merci beaucoup Ben Higert for our theme music, Almost Ordinary People, which is available to you as a free MP3 next week. you invite a friend to listen. And hey, what can I tell you? Put a positive spin on it. It's more fun that way. Look for friends. They're all over the place. You look for enemies, I guarantee you you'll find them. You look for friends, you'll be surprised how many you have. God bless us all. And personally... I see a lot of light coming, I see a lot of laughter coming, and I'm um, I feel change rattling in all of my pockets. Hear the dance. Hear the music. feel the, dance. Hear the music. feel the dance. You're not crazy anymore. You've Thank you for joining us today anymore. for Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgard. Waking Up in America and can be heard live every Wednesday on voiceamerica.com, and Valerie welcomes all emails at this heavenincorporated.com. Is you. This is for all new through. Now your heart is.